0: Everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Postcast, a production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming Beat Writer for the Star Tribune, and I am joined, rejoined by our Wow Varsity preps writer, Brady Oltmans, who is on the phone up in Casper. Brady, where you been, man?
1: Um, jumping around, man. Just uh, doing, doing the whole thing.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I guess this is our uh, officially our first edition of the postcast in the new year. I know uh, last time I did one, I went solo because you had some scheduling conflicts, and I guess we really both really have the last uh, few weeks. It's just been crazy with uh, you know the, the bowl game and uh, vacations, and just not really having the time to really fit it in and um, and do it. So. Um, apologize for the uh, hiatus that we've been on, but, um, you know, with the holidays and everything, it's just, I guess at this time of the year, um, sort of run into that, but, um, and, uh, so, but I did just uh, want to welcome you back, Brady, since, uh, you weren't, uh, you didn't join us the last time I recorded one of these.
1: Ah, shucks. Well, it's good to be back.
0: Is it? Are you being sarcastic? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean it's fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you tell the people how you really feel.
1: Yeah, well, um, they'll find out soon enough.
0: Were you uh were you surprised at all with the uh, outcome of the National Championship game?
1: Um not really. LSU won, right?
0: Wow. Did you even watch the National Championship game? Any of it? No, I did not. Okay. No. I've, for the yes. last couple
1: of years, I've I'm I'm testing out this theory where you don't really need to watch the game. All you need is a Twitter account, and I'm pretty much right. Um, that's because every true. every like every like talking point has been pointed out on Twitter agnosium by about twelve different accounts. Um, you've got people dissecting it with different Twitter videos. People saying like, I mean, hell, like a uh, a quick dissecting like seventeen yard uh, slant route on third and four has been dissected as about as much as Joe Burrow smoking a cigar after the game. So it's like, it's, it's, it's fine. Like what's going to happen if, if something really important happens, like I'm going to know about it, you know, but, um, yeah, that, that's and it's true. not, and it's, true. it's So like, it's, it's going to happen. So I'm just going to not be like locked up to a TV for four and a half hours trying to watch a football game like that when I can watch, um, uh what was it? I watched I rewatched Ladybird and I read um my book that I'm working on now um okay. while playing with well, my dog. Okay, That's
0: well let me ask you this. Were you surprised by the team that won and how much they won by the score?
1: Um did they win by like seventeen nineteen points?
0: Seventeen points, yeah.
1: Forty two twenty five. Okay. Um I don't know. Um, it was kind of like the narrative the last couple of years of like how Clemson beat Alabama because Alabama had so much turnover on the off or the assistant coaching staff. You know, when you are that top team for so long and you are an assistant coach, then schools are looking at you to become head coach, and that turnover might have harmed Alabama's you know longevity. That was at least that was talked about last year. I remember, and and I don't think Clemson's really been poached all that much, but it was. It's one of those things where if you're on the top for so long, what's you're going to catch the ire of people or people are going to have more film on you and people are going to be a little bit more driven to get you. Um, And all that I've seen of LSU so far, or I guess in this last season, was just that they were like – I don't – you could maybe point out a couple series here and there, but for like a full hour – in a full game. I don't know if there was any better team in the country than LSU. So I I don't think it really surprised me at all um result or margin-wise cuz it just I don't know, LSU just seemed that much better um than everybody else. But granted, I didn't like watch either of I didn't watch like every game of either of them all year, but that is how it looked yeah. to me.
0: Yeah, no. LSU was clearly and by far the best team in the country all year and showed it on Monday. And I I wasn't surprised either because I did predict on our most recent podcast that I went solo on that LSU and Clemson would meet in the national championship game and that LSU would win. I just have to point that out because most of my – Prognostications when I decide to make them are wrong, so I actually got this one right, and I was um, very happy about that. But I mean, you didn't have to be a genius to to see what was coming. I mean, this LSU offense, and granted, my my lifetime has only spanned three decades so far, but and and that included, uh, you know, obviously the all those prolific offenses that Florida had in the early '90s under Steve Spurrier when they kind of invented the, the run-and-gun, run-and-shoot offense before that actually became a thing and everybody else in college football eventually caught on to it. But this is by far the best offense, college offense that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, I mean, you go in, and I actually tweeted this out. Um, you consider the resume that they just put together, 15-0, and 0, against a schedule that included seven teams in the top 10 at the time that they played the games. Um, averaged nearly 50 points a game, and averaged right at 49 against Clemson and Georgia, who they played in the SEC Championship game. Those were the two best scoring defenses in all of college football this year. And it just didn't matter, man. I mean, Joe Burrow put together arguably the single greatest season for a college quarterback. Um, you know, those all those receivers that they had. And, I mean, you literally had to score half a hundred just to keep pace with them. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like that. They were They were just – on an entirely different level than everybody else. And and, and you forget who, who they beat, like how good that Clemson team is. I mean, people during the season, it seemed like, failed to actually separate the ACC from Clemson because the ACC was garbage this year. I mean, that there's no denying that. But Clemson's a really good team. They had won 29 games in a row. They recruit... An absurd amount of five star players with the, the sort of momentum that they've created under Dabos 20 with all the success they've had. That's a really good team. You know, they've got the number one overall pick in the draft next year in Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, the, I mean, what, and LSU just, I mean, you know, after that first quarter and a half, it, you know, they adjusted to what Clemson was doing. And, you know, they, they LSU was down 10. And, I mean, within a blink of an eye, they, they had the lead at halftime. And it was, it's just, you know, it, it just seemed like, you know, once LSU makes one play and makes that one explosive play, I mean, it, it's it's a snowball effect. And it, it was just hard for anybody, once LSU got momentum, to stop them. And, yeah, it was, I mean, that's about what I expected. I, I actually predicted, and I tweeted this out too, I, I predicted they would win 45 to 34. I did think Clemson would score a few more points, but um, – you know, you got to give that LSU defense credit too. I mean, it got overshadowed all year because that offense was so good. But um, I mean, that's exactly about what I expected. So, uh, you know, congrats to LSU. I mean, that's that's one of the best seasons um, the sports ever seen. And uh, you know, I just <laughs> feel bad for whoever ends up having to uh, fill the shoes of Joe Burrow and and some of those receivers that they have because that's that's a lot to live up to. But uh, speaking of college football, Brady. Um, we got some uh, Wyoming football to discuss and basketball. Obviously, a lot to uh, get to since it's been a while since we've uh, recorded our last podcast. But um, we'll start with football. And um, obviously, Wyoming had a pretty comfortable win itself uh, in its bowl game a 38 uh, 17 shellacking of Georgia State in the Arizona Bowl on New Year's Eve to cap an eight win season. They finished eight and five, and it is the third uh, eight win season that Wyoming's put together in Craig Bull's six-year tenure. So, um, you know, another year uh, that that they've just kind of shown consistency. And, um, you know, I think there's still sort of that, that what-if factor to their year. You know, if they had been um, more prolific offensively, particularly as everybody knows in the passing game, um, and, you know, if they – um you know hadn't lost uh, three of their last four games um you know they had that brutal November schedule and uh after a six and two start there was sort of a a tinge of disappointment particularly talking to you know Wyoming's players just about how they finished the year um losing three of their last four but obviously got that taste out of their mouth with a with a convincing bowl win and um so, some momentum for them as they uh, head into the off season.
1: yeah no it was a I don't know for as much as uh, I mean, we could do like a whole recap episode of the entire, you know, like have a montage basically of all that we said about um, the Cowboys season kind of week by week and the yeah. the highs and the highs of like the upset of Missouri and conference championship. Like this, this is you know, as high as the T we go and all this stuff, but then they, just had a habit of keeping teams in games and suffering some frustrating losses and how close they were to nine and zero or eight. No, or whatever. Um, it was, I don't want to say turbulent because I don't think it was quite that, but it was certainly a, a season of ebbs and flows for these Cowboys. Um, they uh, not just with the quarterback situation, but there were, there were a lot of hurdles, obstacles, both mental and um, on the field that this team needed to overcome and it was just kind of – it was an encouraging sign for them to finish it not only with a bowl game but to just run away and dominate the bowl game like that, you know? Like it was it was one of those things where if if it's a sour note, it's going to sit with you for a while. Like what, a couple of years ago when they played BYU and they lost to BYU in the bowl game, it, it just – that lingered yeah. then and settled over the program for months. Um, this, I'm sure <laughs> – I'm sure it feels a lot better for them um, to end like this, and I. There, there are a lot of positives going forward for Wyoming, but um, for for all that this team had been through this these last couple of months, and will continue to go through during the off season, um, to end on a note like that, um, I mean, you couldn't really ask for a whole lot better than that.
0: No, no, not particularly in your bowl game. I mean, to win your bowl game by you know three touchdowns. I mean, that's that's getting it done and I think the most promising thing when you from the bowl game um, was look I mean you knew that the defense was probably gonna have to go out there and have a, a good game um, you know they were going up against an offense I had a quarterback that was playing with a torn ACL which by the way Dan Ellington the Georgia State quarterback man all the all the respect in the world for that guy I mean for a guy to literally tear he's, he tore his ACL early November and instead of shutting it down he said no I you know it just you know, even talking to um, you know him and their coach during the press conference leading up to the bowl game, he was like, "Man, I just I want to give everything I have for these these players and, and and my coaches. I mean, they mean so much to me." It was hard to sort of watch him throughout the game because he went down. Um, you know, I think I'm trying to remember when it was middle to late second quarter, and he, uh, you know, you could just tell. I mean, some he had tweaked it and. You know he, he he was laying on the field for a while and he could he didn't hardly put any weight on it and then he he returned later and I think at a certain point we know when that once that game was really out of hand they you know pulled him to the side and, and took him out of the game and it was sort of hard to watch is like you know at some point you got to think about this kid's future I mean that granted you want to go out there and win in a bowl game but you know in, in bigger picture this that game didn't really mean anything you're not playing for a championship um you know you got to start looking out for that guy's long-term health but I mean that guy could have easily and and honestly probably should have just shut it down and had uh seasoned any knee surgery I mean it's a torn ACL that's what guys do <laughs> it's what you're supposed to do when you tear your ACL is you know get it uh surgically repaired as quick as possible so that you can start your uh start that road to recovery as quick as possible and Um, You know, he gutted it out for four or five more games. That was a senior and obviously something he wanted to do. So um, highly impressed with with what he was able to do given the circumstances. But, um, you know, Wyoming's defense did what you probably expected it to do, Uh, you know, Georgia State actually ran the ball pretty decently against them, um, but once they really couldn't rip off big plays, Georgia State couldn't do much in the passing game and sort of became one-dimensional. Um, Xavier Valade, huge day for him, two hundred ninety-five or six all-purpose yards, ran for more than two hundred, and obviously sort of the, the more promising thing that I was alluding to earlier, I think, was the play of Levi, Levi Williams, the freshman quarterback, who you know got his first career start in the bowl game. Um, threw for 234 yards, which was a season high in passing for Wyoming, Um, accounted for four touchdowns, including uh, three through the air, all of which came on third down. Um, You know, that's sort of the offense that I think you look at and say, boy, if Wyoming can become that, if they can just become more efficient in the passing game, if they can get some big plays out of the passing game the way they were in that game – um, you start to think, boy, what, what could that next next season for them really be? Because you look at this, you look at this roster. Um, yes, you're you're, gonna, you're losing Cooper Roth, Logan Wilson, Cash Maluia, um, Tyler Hall, uh, Josiah Hall. You're you're losing some some guys that have been around a long time and are going to be hard to replace. But this is still a relatively young team. Um, they they're going to return um, nearly seventy three percent of the players that finished the season on their two deep. And that doesn't even include the guys that, that were lost a season in the injuries like Titus Swain, Trey Smith, uh, Erica Boisier, and, uh Gavin Rush in the offensive line, and then obviously Sean Chambers at quarterback. So when you think about that, as as much experience as they have returning and then you have sort of what, what looks like it may be a, a quarterback competition where they may be looking for the guy that can really balance out this offense the best um, – you know, it's it's it look. I think it's maybe one of the more promising off seasons um, that Wyoming is entering in Craig Bowles' tenure.
1: Yeah, it's they don't have the sort of moving parts of sort of reconfiguring an entire defense. They don't have they're not losing that many coordinators or at least uh, coordinators of that high a position. They've got a couple guys kind of shuffling around, but nothing really earth shattering. You know, um, like you said, they've got. They're gonna lose some key players on defense obviously they're gonna miss you know the logan wilsons uh, of the world uh but up front they're they're gonna be experienced and frankly scary <laughs> um considering uh how good yeah. how good they were um this last year and, and while being so young and deep um they're they're gonna return sort of an interesting backfield and like skill positions they're gonna lose a couple of receivers but um I don't think that the bar was set so high to where those receivers are. Um, they'll they'll miss them, but they're not. That's not game ch- a game changer of a loss for them. Um, the backfield's going to be interesting. Um, the quarterback battle, as I'm sure we're, we'll get into, will be one of the more intriguing things to watch. But yeah, it's I don't know, man. It, 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 it's one of those things where Wyoming. Years ago, people thought you know Wyoming would be content with you know winning one like a nine-win season every three or four years, but now like this has become the standard, and I think it's it's easy now in the parlance of our times to forget about that. But I think that's one of the things that um, Wyoming fans need to do um, is sort of realize like, hey, this is like the new normal. You know, this is the standard that's been set, and it hasn't always been like this. So maybe just take a moment every once in a while to kind of reflect and say. This is pretty awesome uh, to be a part of a fan of this kind of something like a status that Wyoming uh, football hasn't been at for decades. You know,
0: yeah, no, that's a good point and one I was going to bring up because you're right. I mean, as we mentioned in the open, their third eight win season in Craig's six years. I mean, so they've won eight games in half the seasons that he's been here. I mean, they're they are obviously uh, you know trending in the right direction, and this is this is. What he has proven that they can do at Wyoming, and I think you're, this pro, the next the next step for this program is to take the next step in the Mountain West, and that's why you talk. I talk about uh, or highlighted, you know, exactly how much experience they have coming back, and particularly on the on the offensive and defensive lines on the line of scrimmage. Uh, they're only losing two um, players off of their two D. On the offensive and defensive lines, they didn't have any seniors on their too deep on the offensive line. So you've got all five starters come, set to come back. Now, look, some of this could change. Uh, you know, with the, it's still very early. There could be guys transfer out and things like that. You just never know. Um, but I mean, if you're a starter, you're probably not going to be transferring out of the program. So I think it's pretty safe to say they're going to have all five starters return their offensive line. You've, you're going to have, assuming that Trey and Titus return healthy. I don't know if that's going to be in the spring or maybe in the summer with the ankle and knee injuries that they dealt with in the last half of the season, Uh, but once those guys get back, you're going to have your top three running backs back, including the Mountain West leading rusher and and Xavier Valaday, who just had a phenomenal season for them and really was a workhorse for them down the stretch when you consider the fact that they were so depleted by injuries in the backfield. I mean, he had to, you know, the last month of the season, he averaged right at 25-30 carries a game, and he's... You know he's not really built to do that. You know he's 190, 195 pounds, and you know he 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 was a warrior out there, man. And you got to give him all the credit in the world. Um, but you got that, and then you've got six of your top eight defensive linemen returning, and that's that's why I really don't think this uh, defense is going to take much of a step back. Yes, there's obviously huge gaping holes that they have to fill at linebacker with with Logan and Cash leaving. Um, and obviously at safety, once again with Elijah Halliburton leading, leaving after uh, leading the Mountain West in tackles this year. But they've been one of the best uh, run defenses in the Mountain West for the last few years, running, and they return a lot of those guys up front. and I, I just don't think they I don't think you're going to see a huge drop off defensively as they enter um, the second year under uh, Jake Dickert as defensive coordinator. Um, but obviously, the huge question now and and. The, or the um, really unknown, I guess, at this point is uh, the quarterback situation. And if suddenly they've, if they're going to open it up to a competition, because obviously you know with Sean being down, Levi Williams sort of emerged at the end of last year and getting the start in the bowl game and and uh, performing as well as he did, um, you know, is is that um, a position that they're going to open up to competition now? And I think it is. I mean, I think the way that Levi performed. Um, particularly throwing the ball. Now, he wasn't terribly efficient in the bowl game. I think he's only 11 of 26. But going into that game, uh, he had completed, uh, I think, right at 61% of his passes. Now, granted, it was a very small sample size. So they didn't ask him to throw a whole lot in the two previous games he had played. But that is that is obviously whats what's been holding this team back the last couple of years is the lack of a consistent, efficient passing game. And, you know, everybody knows about it. I, I've written about it. Um, you know, I, I do wonder. You know, with with Sean coming back or working his way back, because that's another element to this is he's not expected to participate in spring practice. Uh, his recovery is such that it's probably looking like he's going to be back um, in the summer at, at some point. So, really, if that if there's going to be a competition, it's not really going to start till fall camp. So Levi's in line right now to you know get all of the first team reps or the majority of the first team reps in, in spring practice. Um, and this, I, I, you have to wonder if they if they make the decision to go with the guy at quarterback that, um, you know, can can give them a boost in the passing game and that can give them that element because that, that's what they're lacking. And I don't think this team is going to be able to take the next step until they get a consistent passing. And now look, Craig Bull likes to make the joke that, uh, you know, they're not suddenly going to turn into Washington State because, you know, we in the media asked him at nauseam this season about the passing game and being more efficient and if that's something they still have to do. And, you know, Craig even acknowledged after the bowl game that they do have to, but um, they don't have to be a Washington State. Nobody's expecting a Craig Bowl coach team to go out there and throw it around 40 times a game. Like, that's not what they're going to do. But they do need some balance. They do need – Efficiency in this passing game, and, and really, it should be expected when you run the ball as well as they do. Uh, I mean, this is a, a rushing attack that finished top thirty in the, in the nation once again, uh, and they've got to be able to make teams pay for that. So um, we know that Sean uh, can run. I mean, he's got one of the most unique skill sets in terms of college quarterbacks um, in the Mountain West and even in the country. I would say because he's not only got the speed, but you know, six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds. He's a, he's a physical runner. And everybody that's, that's watched Wyoming since the end of last season when he took over, I mean, knows that. And obviously Levi can prove he can run some too. I mean, nobody questions anybody's ability to run the football in this offense. It's whether or not this passing game is going to be able to complement it the way it needs to for this, for this program to really break through and sort of take the next step in the league.
1: Yeah, because that's one thing that we've sort of spoken about, Agnosium, is – You can, and Wyoming kind of proved that you can occasionally find success in the running game, even when people just know you're going to run the ball. Um, People loaded the box, and every once in a while, uh, Wyoming said, we're going to beat you on the ground anyway. And sometimes they did. Sometimes that happens. But if they want to play against the best of the the group of fives, if they want to go for a conference championship game, if they want to, you know, even contend for like a New Year's six bowl game or, you know, whatever terminology you want to use for it, if they want to play in those types of games, they're going to need to be more than just the one-dimensional team. Um, And like you said, that doesn't include throwing the ball around 60 times a game, but it means keeping defenses honest. And it means getting the personnel in to be able to consistently execute to where defenses have to be honest on you know honest and disciplined and that that very well might be sort of the next rung you know the next rung up the ladder the next step the next checkpoint for this uh Wyoming program in order to get to where they want to go
0: no absolutely and you consider because I think technically Wyoming I mean you look at um, some other writers and media outlets, there's a lot of people that are high in Wyoming entering the offseason. Now, look, it's – I mean, it's January. This is – you know there's sort of way too early projections at this point. But considering what Wyoming has coming back, there's a lot of people that like Wyoming to finish uh, – or to be, you know, one of the top four or five teams in, in the league next year. And I, and I do think they could have a breakout year, sort of like Air Force did this year, like an 11-win season. Um, I mean, you – but – the passing game, really, if you if you look at it, is the reason that they weren't able to have that sort of season this year and had sort of the November that they had um, because they could not get it done against the better defenses and on their schedule. And that's the thing. I mean, when you, I mean, you go to Boise State, hold that offense to seventeen points in their home field, but you you fall because you can't score enough points. Um, same at Air Force. Same at Utah State. I mean, they're. Before the Air Force game, when Air Force hit it with that very late touchdown to uh, pull away for the two score win, I mean they, their first four or their first three conference losses uh, came by a combined fifteen points. I mean that's they were right in every game. They just didn't have the off- offensive balance and the offensive efficiency in the passing game to keep those defenses honest uh, and and make plays when they sold it out to stop the run. And uh, I think they scored, they averaged right at 15 points a game in November. And those were, you know, outside of San Diego State, which was a really good defense, one of the best in the league, those were the best defenses that the league had to offer. And so, you know, if you're, everybody knows, you, you, you know, to, to win the Mountain Division, it goes through Boise State. And, you know, to win those type of games, you know, you, you got to be able to, to throw the ball and have some have some explosive plays because this offense, if it didn't happen in the running game, it wasn't happening for them. And I think that was, a, yet again, another encouraging thing in the passing game uh, for Levi Williams to, to throw three touchdowns, and uh, I think two of them were 20, 20 yards or longer. And obviously the, the one there right before halftime where he hit a- Aiden Eberhart while he scrambled out and uh, Aiden turned, in, turned it into a 51-yard touchdown – um, you know, those, those are the sort of plays that they need not only from their quarterback, but from their receivers. I mean, those are the type of things they've really been missing since Tanner Gentry uh, was here as an all-conference receiver, you know, back in 2016 with Josh Allen. Uh, and it was funny because Craig actually alluded to it um, during his press conference during the early signing period back in December. I mean, he was <laughs> talking about how they, they had to have those sort of – they need to incorporate those type of plays into their offense again. And that that – I mean, when you look at this team, again – I think there's so much promise going into the year that that's the one area that has to get shored up. Uh, if they're really going to, as, as we talked about, take take the next step and really break through.
1: Yeah. And it's, if, if you want to be one of the best, uh, like I'm sure a lot of the fans and some, like you've mentioned some media pundits think um, you, those are the things you got to do, man. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. And, and we're going to be watching for it.
0: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, I mean, there's not going to be a shift in philosophy. But if if Craig Ball and Brent Vegan, the offensive coordinator, if they really, if they take a step back and say, hmm, you know, we probably need to, you know, to reassess maybe what we're doing in the passing game and see if there's some different things we can incorporate in it. Because I mean, this passing game, for as good as Wyoming has been and just about every other facet the last handful of years, uh, this passing game it was on pace to finish worse than Air Force before the bowl game before they. Levi threw for those 234 yards. They were on pace to finish last in the Mount West in passing yards. They tied with Air Force last year for last in the league in passing yards. And when you're when you're you know bringing up the rear in a conference that includes a option offense, uh, that's never a good thing. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd just be interested to see if that's something that they finally look at and say, you know, we, we, we've got to do something about this. We've got to address this. Uh, because I do, I, I think... I think there's potential for this team to be really really good next year. Uh, they've just got to get that element and obviously um you know the, the quarterback situation all of a sudden is is uh, a little uh, up in the air which i I didn't think you know if you would have told me um you know going into January of twenty twenty that wallman was going to have a quarterback competition on his hands i probably wouldn't have i wouldn't have believed you because I figured Sean would have locked up but um you know, I think obviously both of them are young and they, they've got to improve on the passing game. And I do wonder if they open it up to competition, if they go with the guy that, that is able to, uh, give them a boost in the passing game and, 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 and be more efficient, uh, in that aspect. So that's going to be interesting. Um, just a quick note, obviously on this isn't any breaking news or anything, but, um, there have been a couple of, uh, Players that decided to leave the program, Tyler Vanderwall, who was Sean's backup for most of the year, not surprisingly uh, left the program, he will be transferring to Idaho State, Uh, and then Javari Jackson, um, their defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, started 11 games for them this year, um, was dismissed from the team for unspecified reasons, and is since entered the transfer portal, basically because he had to, um, you know, I've heard some, I've heard some rumors and rumors as to exactly what happened, but I haven't been able to get any of that confirmed. And I'm not about to start speculating on, on rumors, but um, you know, they'll have to find a, a guy to fill in for him next year. But the, the main, the obvious answer there is Ravonte Holt. Once he gets healthy, obviously he was, the defense – or slated to begin the year they their starting defensive tackle before he went down with a torn ACL in fall camp and missed the whole year. So, um, you know, some obviously going to prob- – could be some more personnel changes. We'll just see if there's anybody else that decides to leave the program or not. But uh, all in all, yeah, just a, a lot of experience coming back for this Wyoming team and um, should be really interesting to – To follow them not only in spring ball, but into the summer, into what should be, again, um, a promising year for them. So, Brady, uh, let's go and take a break. And uh, when we get back, we can uh, switch gears and talk about basketball and the current state of the men's basketball program. And now we're going to talk about a sport that is at the complete opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to success right now. And that is Wyoming's men's basketball program. Um, Just, it's not pretty, uh, no matter which way you slice it. Um, Cowboys have lost... Seven straight league games to start the Mountain West portion of their schedule. Uh, fell to 0-7 with a 68-67 loss at Nevada on Tuesday night. Uh, they're the only team left in the Mountain West that has yet to win a conference game. Um, they have lost now eight straight conference games dating back to the end of last season when they lost to New Mexico in the first round of the Mountain West Tournament. And they've lost 22 of their last 26 league games, dating back to last season. And it, I don't know, man. It just it, it it feels like we're talking about the same thing that we talked about last year. I mean, this team sits now at five and 14 overall, um, 0 and seven in the league, as we just mentioned. Um, a, a program that's combined to win 13 games the last two seasons. Um, Brady, I'll just give it a turn it over to you. See, so you got any, any comments or where you want to. Where do you want to start nah, talking about this?
1: It's awful. That's I mean, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I, yeah, I don't. It's, I, I'm sure that I think we texted or tweeted or I, I maybe we didn't. Maybe I dreamed it. But um, when Wyoming hosted a top ten national team and San Diego State was talking about, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and there were. Maybe two dozen people in the stands that that was when it really set in for me I mean their non conference was sort of up and down, obviously they had their trials and tribulations um for weeks leading up to that, and yeah. there was sort of apathy towards the men 's basketball program, but that was really when it kind of set into stone for me and th- th- things frankly haven 't gotten a whole lot better i mean they they lost kind of a, a gut-wrench nail-biter to Nevada um, was last night, at time of recording last night, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. P- y- listeners know what I'm talking about by this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I don't know.
0: I think, I think a lot of them have sort of tuned out on basketball at this point, so they may not.
1: Uh, all right. Well, here's what I'll say to those who have tuned out. Um, I understand it. I get why. I don't blame you. It's bad. Um, I've some, I don't know, something's going to have to give one of these days and I'm not an expert in any way, shape or form on, um, the way that colleges handle themselves or the, even frankly, in the way of basketball, it's just not really my bag. Um, I'm Alan Edwards could coach circles around me. Every single one of the Cowboys players, reserve bench, all that stuff, all of them could not only, uh, ball me out of existence, but could coach me, um, out coach me in at Rucker Park any any day of the week, but I will say that from a pers- from someone looking at it from the outside in, it's difficult to watch that team, and something's going to have to change, man. Because I, ugh, you know, ugh. Yeah. that's all I got to say about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's it's funny you brought up the the San Diego State game, Who is which was the number seven ranked team at the time. And they're still in. They're still one of two unbeatens left in college basketball, them and Auburn. But, um, yeah, when they came here, uh, you know, the, Wyoming listed the attendance at like right at 2,900. And it, I found it hard to believe there are 2,900 people in that arena. Now, it may just be a ticket sold thing. I actually need to ask Wyoming to see exactly what, uh, they measure attendance by because it could just be the number of tickets that they sold for that game. I don't know, but the point is, yeah, uh, you you mentioned apathy, and I, I think that is that's a very good word for it because I think for the most part, this fan base, I think this fan base wants to support it. I think they, they want to support Wyoming basketball. I mean, I wasn't here back during when Larry Shyatt was the coach, and even some of their. Um, other uh, glory days that I've heard about. Uh, but, I mean, I've heard stories about, you know, when that team was was good uh, or even decent. I mean, there were eight ten thousand 10,000 people at the arena auditorium. And specifically, like, that's where it caught me or uh, got, gained, grabbed my attention the most was the San Diego State game because I, I tweeted out a picture right at tip-off. And, yeah, there were some – there were some fans that, that filed in a little bit later, so they were just later getting to their seats. But it was bad, man, attendance-wise. And, you know, there's – I do think – I think the fan base is apathetic to this point. And, and you're right. I don't, I can't blame them either. Uh, you know, when you're – you know, it, it's it's one thing to ask fans to come out to support your program. It's another to come out and ask them to support it when you have lost literally all but four of your league games – Dating back to the beginning of last season, um, you know it's just it's 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 not a good situation right now. And and to me, I'm I'm just going to be from what I from what I observe, um, you know, it, it, and just watching this team, I just don't like the stuff that they run, the X's and O stuff that Allen puts in. I don't think it's bad, uh, you know. I, I think he. I mean, he he's a, he's been a college coach for a long time. I know he's just four years into being a head coach, but the guy he knows what he's doing. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's an X's and O's thing because they run good stuff. He puts them his players in position to be successful. The problem is, to me, I think it's just personnel. I, I think there's there's just not enough guys that can make open shots. There's not enough guys that can rebound. Uh, there's not enough good ball handlers. Uh, and that's a problem when you're talking about four years into a coach's tenure. Um, and obviously that, that has to be addressed in recruiting it because um, you know, specifically when it comes to making shots, I mean th- this team and and, and Allen will, will talk t- till they're blue in the face about defense and de and how deep they want defense to be their identity. And that's, and they have, they have been for the most part, minus um, a, a few games here and there, particularly the Colorado state game down at uh, Fort Collins at the beginning of January. I mean they they just didn't play a whole lot. Of, they didn't play well in any aspect that day. But I mean this is still a team that's in the top half of the Mountain West in terms of just about every major defensive statistical category. But um, you know if you're if you're not if you're holding teams to um, sixty and sixty five points a game, that's great. But if you can't if you can't score you know sixty or sixty five then it doesn't mean anything. I mean, at a certain point in basketball, you have to be able to put the ball in the basket. And they just don't have enough guys that can consistently do that. I mean, Hunter Maldonado has been great for them this year. But it's been sort of a deja vu when you think about last year with what this team had to do with with Justin James and just how reliant they were on one person. Uh, And that's sort of where they are again. And look – uh, you know, Hunter are a really good player in his own right he's second in the Mountain West in scoring right now leads them in, in rebounds and assists so he's a really good player but but he's not Justin James I mean he's not a guy that can go out there and, and go get you 30 or 35 now he can go get you 20 he can go get you sometimes 25 but my point is that they're, it's once again they're way too reliant on one player to consistently do everything now Jake Hendricks is that's what I found. His stroke recently, he was struggling at the beginning of the year, but uh, I think he's scored in double figures in the six of the last seven games. Um, Hunter Thompson um, you know, had a really good game against Nevada, uh, matched the season high with four threes, and I think he finished with 15 or 16 points. Um, but they're not getting that consistently. I mean, Hunter Maldonado is really the only consistent offensive weapon that, that shows up every night. And everybody else, the other guys – Um, you're just hoping that they bring uh, the complimentary scoring with them. And and that's the thing, man. Like, this team is not good enough to overcome right now when Jake Hendricks doesn't show up or when Hunter Thompson doesn't show up on the offensive end of the floor Uh, because they don't really have anybody else right now that can go consistently get them buckets. And there's so much pressure, I think, on those three guys in particular and then this team as a whole to do everything right fundamentally. You know, they've got to they've got to uh block out. They can only afford to give up um one shot each possession, but the problem is they're not a very good rebounding team, so uh they usually end up giving up, you know, two or three rebounds on a single possession because they don't necessarily have the bodies uh, and the rebounders to you know go up and 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 make a difference on the glass. I mean, this team is I think the second straight year they're on pace to be the uh, worst team in the Mountain West in rebounding margin. And it, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, they're getting re- I think their rebounding margin is right at minus point seven, minus point eight. Um, you know, it's just I mean, they're getting re- out rebounded by double figures just about every night. And I just I just think there's so much pressure. Um, as I as I mentioned, on those three guys, Hunter, Maldonado, Hunter Thompson and, and Jake to score, but then collectively as a team, there's there's so much pressure on them to do everything right in terms of the defensive end of the floor, offensive end of the floor, because I just don't think from uh you know, a personnel standpoint that this team uh is good enough to overcome all those deficiencies when they're not doing everything exactly right.
1: Yeah. It's And that's kind of the thing, man. It snowballs. And we're still talking about teenagers or kids in their early 20s. And, yeah, to be a college athlete, you need a certain special bit of maturity that surpasses your years. But this is a different beast, man. Like this is – and, yeah, the – the I don't even want to say scrutiny, but the the spotlight shines upon – Wyoming men's basketball different than say it does like at a Kentucky or, you know, different than it does at those blue blood programs, you know? So you, so it, it, when kids go through their struggles, it's not exacerbated by everything like, um, like those athletes at, you know, ESPN top one fifties or, um, you know, your, your star freshmen that are up on ESPN every night are, but, it's you at at a certain point I know I certainly feel for some of these kids. I mean, they're not slacking, I don't think, you know, they're giving it their all. They're working hard, they're college athletes, they're trying to force a change, but I don't know, man. It just seems even when they get close and even when they get a break, like it the the ultimate break doesn't go their way. Like they scrap against Nevada and they still can't but then it's like also, they just let a dude, like, drive the lane and score, you know. You've got to, like, have – I don't know. There's, like, a missing piece of the puzzle for this team. And it's – and I'm sure it's – at some points it seems like it's far further off in the distance than it actually is. But I don't know, man. It's just it's, – it's difficult to look at this team and be hopeful sometimes. But at other points it's like, all right, you know. I don't know how great, I don't know how high their ceiling is, but this team at a lot of points at at certain points looks like they're better than their record indicates, but more often than not, just after those, after those points of emphasis or those points of promise show themselves by the end of the game, you're just left with the same amount that you got into it. And that's a frustrating thing to do. So it's, I don't know, man, it's just, it's it's tough that's i mean there's a lot of things to say about it not not many of them nice or encouraging but that's the sort of that's the sort of situation they find themselves in at this point
0: and and you do wonder about this team's confidence at this point i mean because look the players and 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 alan they're all saying the right things like they're coming to practice they're work they're still working hard um, you know, the, and, and they they don't they don't want to go out there and lose. I mean, they're trying to go out there and and win games and get this thing reversed. I mean, nobody, no college athlete or athlete for that matter, wants to be known as a part of of futility. Really, I mean, it's it it is it's been futile uh, as far as the start of Mount West play for them. And, and really, you're almost halfway into your conference schedule at this point. I mean, nine games will be the halfway point, and they've played seven at this point. And you know, nobody wants to be known as or be associated with, with with a losing streak like this and, and with a, a time that's, that's been as tough as it's been for them the last se- almost two full seasons now. Um, but w- particularly when you, when you look at these last two games, I mean, you know, they had the, the – le- Hunter Maldonado makes the little uh, running banker uh, to put them up by one with, you know, what, 15, 14 seconds left against Nevada. And, you know, they – they come right back down, and and uh, you know Jalen Harris goes right through their defense and does a little Euro step and lays in the go-ahead bucket with eight seconds left. And that came on the heels of um, really the, the, probably the worst loss that they've had all season, uh, I guess UNLV, over the weekend, where they were up seven with a minute 25 ref, left in regulation and had it all but in the bag. And you missed five straight free throws. Um, at, to end regulation and allow UNLV to catch back up, and you lose in overtime. I mean, that's just uh, that 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 right there is a team that you can see that doesn't know how to win down the stretch, doesn't know how to close out games. Um, and, and this team really needs an alpha dog, and I think Hunter Maldonado is the closest thing they have to that. But they they've got to have somebody during the stretch that says, "Hey, enough is enough. We got to go out here and get this done." And you, you just you just wonder at this point if. You know, it's one one thing to, you know, lose these games by 10, 15 points. And, uh, you know, know you're pretty much going to lose the whole second half with a team having that kind of lead. But it's another one to lose a seven-point lead with a minute and a half left in regulation, lose another game basically at the buzzer after you took the lead uh, with 15 seconds left uh, like they did against Nevada. I mean, it just seems like it's one hit after another. Um, And and frankly, man, I don't – I don't. I don't see a huge turnaround coming. I mean, again, they're almost halfway through their Mountain West schedule. Um, They're still winless at this point. You got to start realistically thinking about the future of the program because, um, you know, when you come out, your athletic director comes out the way Tom Berman did at the end of after last season and says, you know, next season has got to be significantly better. Um, and then you 're on basically the same trajectory uh if you want to call it that um this season as you were last year man it, it it's, it's 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 just hard it's hard to it 's hard to see much of a turnaround and you do have to wonder about the future and i don't i don 't take any sort of satisfaction even bringing that up because I hate talking about the stability of coaches and their jobs and all that stuff because alan edwards is a he 's a great human being man he's he's he 's great with the media he 's always been great with us. Um, but the reality is it's no major division one coach, particularly in, in the uh, revenue sports, like a, like a football or men's basketball can have back-to-back single digit win seasons and survive. I mean, you just, it's not going to happen. Um, and and I don't, I I don't know what direction Wyoming is thinking about going after the year, if they're going to try to hold on to them or if they decide to make a move, if things continue, um, to, to, to sort of spiral on them. The only thing I do know that I've been told um, is from a source with that has direct knowledge of the situation is that Wyoming's not going to make a coaching change in season. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily blame them for that or can't blame them for that um, because what good is, is firing a coach at this point going to do for you? I mean, they're still going to finish – um, at the bottom, near or at the bottom of of the Mountain West this year. I mean, it is it is what it is at this point, so I don't see any point in uh, – and you're not going to bring in some, some coach, you know, with eight games left in the season that's going to magically turn this thing around. I mean, they, they've really got – no matter what direction they decide to go once this thing's over, uh, they've got a lot of work to do on the recruiting trail.
1: Yeah, man, I – like I said, it, uh, there's there's absolutely no joy or no satisfaction at all in speculating or anything about you know coaching situations and and anything like that. Um, and so, uh, the only and I and I mean this in full sincerity to, to all the parties involved. All the best case scenario for me is it, it's it, it it ends soon, you know, because like I don't. It's a trying year for everybody involved. Uh, the whole season, um, the losing streak, the you know the status of it as it is. So, however, whatever the end may be, however it can end, if, if they turn it around, get some wins, um, raise optimism, if they sort of do that, whatever the end is, please let it be soon because it's just tough it's just it's it's tough to continue to watch this happen you know
0: yeah yeah and i and i do think look the last two games have proven that they can win games in this league i mean i think they can still win some games but i think this this team i just don't know if there's a huge turnaround in store to 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 the point where you can get um you know the fan base energized again and and Um, get things moving in a positive direction because I just, I just think this team has too many deficiencies that it has to overcome every night. Uh, But you know, they've uh, they've got Fresno state at home at the arena auditorium on Saturday, that game's set for a four o'clock tip off. Um, If, if there's a game that, that they could win and get off this night, it would be this one because Fresno state right now is one in five in conference after losing to San Diego state midweek and, um, they're right above Wyoming in the in the Mount West standings right now. Um, so, I mean, they go into that game with a combined one-conference win between them. So um, a prime opportunity for them to get it done. They've been close the last couple games. We'll see if they can um, finally get off the snide this weekend. Um, but, Brady, I think we can go ahead and uh, wrap it up there. Um, there was a lot we had to get to, a lot to discuss. Um, a couple of quick notes before we get out of here. Um, pertaining to some college uh, showcase games this weekend, a um, couple of Wyoming players will be playing. Uh, Tyler Hall, he'll be playing the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. And then Cooper Roth uh, will be playing in the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl down in St. Petersburg. Um, the Collegiate Bowl is actually at the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena. But uh, both of those games will be – uh, televised on Saturday, um, so if you wanted to uh, check out those former Wyoming players as they uh, sort of get their draft process started and try to maybe increase their uh, draft stock, uh, they'll be playing in those games on Saturday, um, and then the Senior Bowl, which Logan Wilson will be playing in, that is the next weekend um, down in Mobile. Um, so just some uh, some post game or postseason, I should say. Uh, college showcase games to uh, keep an eye on with some Wyoming players uh, participating in those. As always, stay locked in to Trib.com and uh, PokesAuthority.com for the latest coverage. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook um, at PokesAuthority and at WildVarsity. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. You can also follow Brady on the Twitter machine at Brady Altman's. This podcast is on uh, iTunes, Google play and Podbean. So be sure to uh, follow along, like it, download it, share it, give us that five star rating. Uh, Brady, any, uh, parting comments where we get out of here?
1: No, nah, man, just, I don't know, dude, do your best. <laughs> that's, that's all I, that's <laughs> all I got for you into 2020 yeah, is just do your best. Yeah.
0: It's good. It's good to have your input, man. Uh, but, uh, we will, uh, with the off season here um, i don't want to promise and say we'll, we'll be back here every week. Um, we may try to do this every other week or every week if we can we can fit it into our schedules and uh, just depending on any news that happens or um, just what's going on um, with Wyoming athletics but um yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we won't be taking a month off or anything, but uh, we'll try to get back here and um, and uh, record a podcast. Um, you know, every week or every other week, um, we'll just see how the schedule goes as the off season progresses, uh, at least with football. And then obviously, um, still half a season of uh, a conference season of basketball left. So um, we appreciate um, all of you for uh, listening, Brady. Appreciate. A, you joining me to talk, and uh, we will catch up with you guys later.